Welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. We seek to equip, encourage, and engage pastors and church leaders in the Appalachian region. We focus on having conversations on church revitalization in the mountains and beyond. Your hosts are Matthew Jacobs, Brent Snyder, Jacob Gwynn, and Travis Tyler. Welcome back to the Appalachian Baptist Network. You're about to listen to part two of Wedding Season with Pastor Neil and Travis as they continue their conversation. For the entire conversation, please go back and listen to part one from last week. Enjoy part two. Okay, let's move on here. Next question is this, Neil. Would we say a wedding ceremony, so the day, the big day, the day every little girl dreams of, right? Is that a worship service no why no and i would i would say not unless unless somehow a church has a habit of performing marriages as a part of the regular gathering of the saints so so for me a worship service is the regular gathering of the saints on sunday to worship jesus to identify as his people and to reflect on what he who he is and what he has done for us in salvation so so no i don't think a wedding is a service in that sense but i do think there can be worship that occurs in a wedding. How, how would you answer that one? Yeah, I wouldn't be inclined to agree with you. It's not a formal recognized gathering of the church per se, because usually what I would classify as a worship service is going to be when the church is the agreed upon time that the church comes together for prayer, reading of scripture, preaching, and uh, one anothering, you know. And I think a wedding can have pretty much all those elements. I mean, maybe not the preaching as much because most people aren't into preaching at weddings, but at least gospel clarity can can be done at a wedding. Uh, Speaking of which, another thing that we see that churches do, and this is a reason that I would distinguish it and say that a wedding ceremony is different. Uh, Sometimes you go to, to weddings and the Christians there are wanting to make it as worshipful as possible, which I don't think is necessarily a wrong goal since marriage is a corporeal, that's a big fancy word, a flesh and blood image of Christ in the church. Uh, but we will see the Lord's Supper given at weddings. Neil, how do you feel about the Lord's Supper at weddings? You know, that, that over time has become clear to me that that's, it's just not the right place where, because again, the Lord's Supper fits within the confines of the local church. And so, so that's meant to be had at the gathering of the saints to, to both affirm their hope and to affirm one another in their hope. So, so no matter how you look at how that gets used in weddings, I don't think it fits because sometimes you see just the couple take communion. And then in some ways, they're not being mindful of the body, which is not just one another's body, but the body of Christ. And, and secondarily, even if you have everybody who's in attendance take communion, um, one that's probably not compromised entirely of your church family. Um, and so, so it's not a gathering of the saints. And, and so it, it doesn't have the same place of affirming uh, one another's profession of Christ that communion does in the regular gathering of the saints. Yeah, the, the group of people that are meeting together around a wedding are committed to one thing, and that is their love for one person that's getting married or the other person that's getting married. And there's the rare group that's committed in their love to both of them, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> basically, that's basically what everybody there is committed to. Whereas in a local church setting, everybody is covenanted together, one anothering in a regular way. And so when we were at Southern Seminary, there was two things that we never did in chapel right now. I mean, we would have preaching. We would have worship singing. 
We would have different types of music done, some very traditional, some very contemporary, but we never had the Lord's Supper and we never had a baptism, right? Because at Southern Seminary, we weren't a local church, were we? Yes, no. And we were an institution. And so it was different. Same thing here. I would agree with you, Neil, and say, I don't think that Lord's Supper has a place in a wedding personally. And I would discourage a couple that, you know, was asking my opinion on that. It belongs. It's one of those things like baptism. It belongs to the church and the church alone. You know, yes. I think there's a New Testament argument for that, the way it's written in the plural in the Greek. So, 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 but let me throw that back at you because maybe, maybe this is, is, is too Catholic, but, but what would you think of a wedding being held as a part of a, a church service? So what if two people within a church said, Hey, we want to do this. Could you ever see a scenario in which a local church makes that a part of their, their Sunday morning or Sunday day gatherings? I have never been faced with that. I would have to think about it. I think if it was, if I think that what would have to happen is there would have to be an agreement of the body that this would be incorporated into the time of worship, like some way. I don't know how you would do that. You know, in Baptist life, we love to vote on everything. So I guess we would vote on it. You know what I mean? But there would have to be a way for the body to be included in the process, because really, when you think about it in a wedding, usually it's two people mostly one person. Uh, when I say two people making the decisions, usually the, the wife to be and her mother, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then, you hope it's maybe the groom, a little input, you know, hey, all the input I had in our wedding, I, I regret mostly. I, I should say not all because I, I did fight for us to sing the traditional version of how great thou art. I stand by that decision, yeah. but, but other decisions I'm less strong on and regret that I, I spoke up. I, my wife had a much better sense of what would be good. And I certainly wanted her to be happy on that day. Oddly enough, I think I lament anything I did push back on too. It's probably this. Like, unless, you know, you feel like your wife is making a horrendous decision, yeah. just let her have her day, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, oh yeah. Make as much decision possible and you be happy about it. You know, try yes. to be intuitive mm-hmm. when she's wanting good, positive feedback. That'll help you out fellas. Right. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but I, I do think it is not inappropriate though for every wedding to be God honoring and gospel centered, right? Yes, they definitely can make that turn. Uh, we we made the gospel clear. The one thing that we did, we asked Darren, who married us, to share the gospel because we had a mixed bag that was there. We had you know friends of varying faith backgrounds and some that were just flat out unbelievers. And he did that just kind of in the middle of the whole thing. And that's what we wanted. And uh, so it was a, it was a good day. You were there, Neil. You remember. I was there. One of the I, was, I was just to your left, if I remember correctly. Yes, I think that's what the pictures show. That's the, yes, yes. There. So, uh, but, and I, and I think it was a very God honoring service uh, that we had there at her home church in St. Louis. Yes. But um, so let's, let's talk now about, um, one of our favorite subjects as pastors, the honorarium. I'm just kidding. This is not necessarily a favorite subject, but no pastor. I don't think any of us like to talk about money or getting paid. Uh, let's fast forward. This is probably more of a conversation for the lay people that may be listening than it is the ministers. But Neil, what is an honorarium? So an honorarium is basically, I would call it a gift given to the pastor that sort of represents their time and input into not only that day, but, but whatever may have come before that day, including counseling and other things. So it's, it's sort of a recognition and a thank you um, offered to, to the pastor for, for their involvement. Yeah. 
Now, let me say this, because, you know, here in Appalachia, we do have people that just don't have the same amount of means as others. And I think you have that in any body and in any community. Uh, Pastors, we labor, you know, when you think about a pastor and how much work is involved for a wedding, Neil, how many hours would you say we have to put in for that? What do you think a fair number is? Well, if you're thinking, if you're thinking not only the wedding itself, but, but again, all of the premarital counseling and time spent invested with the couple, for me personally, that's going to look like this. That's going to be at least eight meetings due to the material that I use um, for the counseling. And I would say each meeting, and some of this is my own issue. So I I don't want to put all this on the couple, but, but a meeting for me is going to last at least an hour and a half. We actually last night had a premarital counseling session that went from 6.30 until 11.30 at night. Now, there was a, a lot of just spending time together there, but but that's, that's for me, being a relational guy, a part of that. Um, in addition to that, I'm always doing the reading ahead of time and, and trying to identify some key questions and ways I want to relate our material to the wedding. So there's prep there. There's going to be prep for a sermon. Now, I will say that it's not that I necessarily prepare um, as fully as I would for a, a full message with, with a new passage again because we may end up reusing some of the the scriptural work on a wedding over again so so I don't want to say everyone is this unique and new sermon but but everyone is going to be unique in that I I try and make a wedding as personal as I can incorporating the story of the couple into what we're trying to do and that that takes work um you're going to have the more um, meaningful too Yes. Yeah. You're, you're going to have the night before then where you are doing the rehearsal and you're, you're, you've organized that you're, you're walking the couple as well as the families through that. And then the day of you're going to be there, not only for the hour of the ceremony, obviously, but probably for a few hours, at least on each end. And, and it really is a privilege. So I, I don't want to say in any of that doing weddings, doing premarital counseling is one of my favorite things. Like I, I love getting to invest that deeply into a couple's life. So, so it, it, it is a, a labor of love. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's a significant investment of time. Would you say, uh, now we're not going to, we're not going to count out of town weddings, out of town weddings where you're invited to do a wedding out of town. Yes. That's even more time. Cause you, and you, and there's more expense. There is travel expense. I know this is hard to believe, but they will not take smiles at the pump when you pay for gas, nor at the airport when you need airplane tickets. We did a wedding one time and in California and uh, we had to pay for our airline tickets just like everybody else, just because we're doing Lord's work. Don't mean we get free tickets. Is it fair to say 25 to 35 hours minimal for a wedding is what you're committing yes. yourself to? Yeah, I, I would maybe say 40, so. maybe yes. 40 even. Uh, so when I first got in ministry, kind of a standard honorarium back in the late nineties was a hundred dollars. All right. So if we divide that out, that makes your time as a minister worth $2 and 50 cents an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why we say this is a labor of love. Uh, yes. actually, Some of my work probably fits that though. So yeah. we're, we're $2.50 an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and while we're happy to receive whatever it is the family gives, and if a family's not able to give anything, that's fine. We'll chuck that up to the Lord and we'll receive that in heaven. The Lord recognizes that. You know, to those families, you know, if you're, if you're, listen, if you're listening to this and you're, you're writing out checks, and I know you're, you're giving out a lot of money and you're delving it out and you're, if you're figuring out what your wedding budget's going to be, please make a comparable honorarium for your pastor because they probably have put in as much or more work and particularly 
prayer time for you than anybody there. I doubt the baker has prayed for you and your marriage to succeed. I doubt that uh, the people who supply the dishes have prayed for you or the, or the hall that you're renting them from for the reception have been praying for you and walking with you through this. Uh, what do you feel like a, what do you feel like is almost uh, an appropriate honorarium Neil for that kind of time you're putting in? Oh man, I you know it's so it's so hard for me to monetize that, and and so in one sense, I I'm going to appreciate any gesture a couple makes towards trying to do that because because various couples come in at various places. I mean, I, I've had a couple that gave me seventy five dollars, and yet I recognized that that represented an, an an act of generosity and an attempt to demonstrate their thanks for what I was doing. Um, now now can I share a, a story? Do we have time for for my my famous wedding story? I was actually going to share it and say, we have this friend and the friend was going to be you, but since you're going to do it, then do it. Well, 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 Lord willing that this will, will not necessarily get, get broadcast at the level it would return to me. But we, we had a couple for which we did a wedding that involved about a three and a half hour drive. And on top of that, uh, a few weeks out on the wedding, I I was asked by the couple if they, if they would like us to, if they would like uh, them, if we would like them to reserve a room for us and to which I said, of course, well, we got there and, and it was just a misunderstanding, but reserve a room meant literally just reserve a room You're at a hotel, <laughs> hotel that cost $260 a night. It was, it was a very significant hotel, very yeah, nice a- place, very nice place. And, and, and following the wedding and, and, and travel and all the time invested, we did not receive an honorarium um, at all. Wait, 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 and so, so what, how far in the hole were you with travel expenses, like between gas did you rent or did you fly? I can't remember. Oh, we, we drove. I mean, there's only about a three and a but half you hour got, drive. But you got, you got, you got your wear and tear on your car. Yes. You got, you got your gas, you know. Yes. And, and again, with, Food with the way are set up, that's going to be a couple nights in a hotel. It's not going to be just one. Right. Um, and we, we were looking at overall probably six to $700 in actual costs. So not trying to think about time or anything like that. Probably six to $700 with, with the hotel rooms, yeah. both of them. Um, paying with vehicle for gas, getting meals uh, again because the rehearsal dinner and and reception at a meal, but other times didn't. So so it was a significant investment. Yeah, um, I wrote a I wrote an article here a while back, actually a blog. And by the way, finish your story though. What, what was the honorarium you received after the paying for the hotel room, the travel expenses, doing the wedding, being there all weekend with them? They gave you a big fat check of zero, nothing. And this was, this was not necessarily because this is not a family that didn't have means. I think you had said they had spent quite a bit of money on various items at the wedding, right? Like the, there was a food that was there pretty lavishly spent. There were, it was pretty clear. There was quite a bit of money that was kind of shoveled out and there wasn't even enough uh, to give at least a minimal $75 hundred something, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and in some sense, in, in their defense, part of it may be just a lack of understanding. I mean, the, the, the one side of the wedding party and family were from our church, the other side, and, and they, they were no longer attending our church at the time we did the wedding, but the other side was an unchurched family. Yeah. Um, and so, so part of me wonders to some extent, if that, that this was just a, 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 a misunderstanding of, of, of maybe an expectation or what, what we as, as a family were investing in the wedding. So, so I want to be careful there and, and, and give some room for, for, Hey, we didn't realize this, but, but I can tell you, like, there's been situations I've been in, not necessarily with a wedding honorarium, obviously, but where I I wish somebody had taken a moment to say, Hey, just so you know, here's a cultural expectation 
of, of gratitude or generosity or, or friendship, because don't you hate it when you find out you should have done something and then you didn't cause you didn't know. Yeah. And, and you're like, man, I wish somebody had said, cause I would have, you know, gladly offered this or gladly done that. And well, so, and, so let that yeah. serve for that. Right. And, and I've found that a lot of times, particularly younger couples don't know those rules. Yeah. They just don't know them. And I've had couples even ask me, how much do we pay you for your services? Well, you don't pay, you know, an honorarium is not really like a payment necessarily. I know I compared it to the caterer and things like that earlier, mm-hmm. but you really got to ask this question. I think what, what is the service the minister is producing in your life worth to you and to your family? Like, what is it really worth to you? Um, I just pulled up this blog I wrote back in 18. I'll put this in the show notes because you reminded me of it. I forgot about it until you reminded me of it. Uh, the title of this blog is on Ask Pastor T. What is an honorarium and how much is appropriate for a pastor on a wedding and a funeral? Before I, before I give this, by the way, Neil, what is the highest honorarium you think you've ever received that you can remember? Does one stick out? A thousand dollars. That's mine too. Mine was a thousand. Yes. So that was the highest. I've and ever. that, that blew me away. Like yeah, it, it was, it was, it was incredible, incredible. Um, so here is what I wrote down some time ago. If you're looking for a scale, even though I don't think you're going to find a scale for this anywhere, this might be the only place that I know of anybody's ever attempted to do this. And this is actually a few years old. So we've just printed what another two or $3 trillion of debt for the U S. So the uh, inflation has gone up since this has been written, but here's what I wrote several years ago. The minimum, the minimum a hundred dollars. This has been the minimum for about 20 years. 150 would be probably a better minimum bar. Uh, 200 to 50 is very nice. Uh, three to 350 blesses the pastor and his family. So that they're, you know, a lot of times, what, what do you do with your honorariums now? Do you go buy comic books or set superhero? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of buy baseball I mean, cards. Huge, what, huge what do you do? Comic book collector. No, we. <laughs> We, we, you know, I, I learned this from Kevin Azell back in my practical ministry class at seminaries. He said honorariums with, with weddings and funerals, he, he's always tried to reinvest in his family because those in particular tended to be time away from his family that he was not able to return. So, so in other words, obviously, we, we as pastors work 55 plus hours a week. And, and so there's an understanding of what that means for our families and, and our commitment, just like anyone else with a job. Weddings and funerals, though, are going to be times that otherwise may have been designated for family that are not. So, so again, this, this meeting last night, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was in our home. Our, our, our kids were, were around for it, which I, again, like to do, but it meant more focused time on this couple than it was on my family. And that, that's going to take place again, a minimum of seven times with how I do premarital counseling. But in this case, it's going to be actually more like 14 times right. that, that we, we are with this couple. So, and then I just put anything over 400, you know, anything over 400 is, is just being generous, you know, yeah. anything over and then I also put on here, you know, you need to account for the minister's mileage, meals, and rooms, and you need to yes. add that in there, that travel expense for them as well. Yes. And in some ways, if, if I could speak for myself, I, I think that, 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 for instance, in this case, um, even, even if this couple had just covered the cost of our hotel room for one night, that to me would have been, I mean, it, you know, in some ways you'd think it, it'd be great to, to have been given an honorarium, but that would have been good. The hard part was like you say, when, when you're incurring a cost to be able to be a part of that, um, that, that gets a little bit tougher. So, so yeah. And, and generosity, we, I know your heart, Travis, and I know my heart would be, we want to be a part of a couple's life. So, right. 
so so we we want to do that and 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 having good honest conversations is is always a good way to go with where you're at and what you can give um and and a bigger investment i would say even than in what you're able to give in the honorarium is is we want to see couples get married and invest themselves in a local church and so when we're able to be a part of of the building of a a christ-centered uh, a gospel presenting marriage we love to do that and and so there's an investment tenfold when, when you're able to plug in and and actively participate and grow in a local church with with lord willing maybe even the pastor who married you 100 percent agree that's one of the joys of i'm starting to see as uh, my tenure here extends at grace you know one couple that i married and had the privilege to bring them together right before i came and saw you wisconsin they're actually pregnant now getting ready to have their first child and so you can walk with them through all these things in the church body. And that's a really neat thing about a longer tenure and, uh, and building those relationships over time. Well, Neil, we're out of time, brother. We've actually went over time a little bit. So uh, any closing thoughts on uh, wedding season for pastors? You know, w- w- weddings are just amazing. And so they're a great opportunity to be a part of a significant moment in the lives of, of couples. But, but both the pastors and couples, remember, what we're trying to build as followers of Jesus is not a day, but a lifetime of faithfulness together. So so don't get so caught up on the day that, that it causes you to shortchange the, the work day in, day out to prepare for and then to to walk in the commitment you're making. So again, I, the wedding is not a finish line. No, it's um, not. And so, so it's the starting point. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Thanks for being on here. I think we've covered most of our bases here. If this has been helpful, please let us know. You'll get in information here at the close of this on how to contact us here at ABN. If you have any questions that we can bring out a little more or uh, maybe a topic we touched on here, like this may need a follow-up episode, like how do you do a wedding? What elements do you put in there? Maybe we'll do that in the future. But for now, this this is a good a good start. Thanks for being with us today, Neil. Glad to be here. You have been listening to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Thanks for joining us. If you have a question or comment for our host, please send an email to Network at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our Anchor website page at anchor.fm slash Appalachian dash Baptist dash network. Join us again next Monday.